0: Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly dialogue that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at the dispassionateobserver.com. That's T H E D I S P A S S I O N A T E O B S E R V E R.com. Last time we discussed investing in loss. And describe some of the benefits we can achieve from reducing complexity in our lives, reducing the amount of stuff that we acquire, or simply letting go of the resentments that have built up or the insecurities that we feel. Today, we're going to frame these benefits using a core principle from physics conservation of energy. Energy, scientifically, is defined as the capacity to do work. And I know that sounds a bit technical. The way I think of energy, is the capacity to affect change. We can use energy to generate ideas and emotions, to change our physical landscape, or just our ability to experience the world, to convert all of the sights and the sounds, the raw input that comes into our senses, into information about our environment. And this forms the basis of our life experience. The first law of thermodynamics tells us that energy is conserved. We can't create or destroy energy. We also can't spend more than we have. If we expend too much energy in one area, we have less to devote to other areas. If we spend our energy too quickly, we need to rest and replenish. Otherwise, our bodies break down. These are the basic principles of energy conservation. These are physical laws, and all of us are subject to these laws. There's no way to escape them. If we think about this, It suggests that our life needs to stay in balance. What do I mean by that? The amount of energy that we intake needs to match our energy output. It sounds pretty simple, but many of us have built a lifestyle which is unsustainable in energetic terms. Think about the way that we live. We're always looking for more. We look for bigger homes, nicer cars, fancier parties, more excitement, more adventure. And it's not just that we want more. We need to increase the rate of whatever we're consuming. If we bought a large home 10 years ago, we don't just want a new home. We want an even bigger and better home. If we make $1 million this year, we strive to make $2 million next year. Our life is a perpetual increase in our material circumstances, or at least that's what we strive to attain. And this dynamic creates two problems. The first is direct and the second is indirect. The direct one is straightforward. We need more energy because we're consuming more. So if we want to buy more stuff over time, if we want more money over time, then we need more and more energy to produce the money or fuel our increase in consumption. The second is more subtle. It's indirect. But it's actually more important. As the amount of stuff that we have grows, it requires more and more energy to maintain. The direct problem is visible, but over time, the indirect problem really plays havoc with our lives. We need more and more money, more time, more emotional energy just to live, just to keep the lights on. Think about a typical example of a relatively well off family. They buy a nice home. Once they have the nice home, they need to stock the home with nice furniture, with some great artwork. Then they want to buy some fancy cars. Now that they have this nice home in the city, they need a weekend place where they can go and escape. So they buy a second home. Then they start throwing expensive parties because they want to maintain their social circle and everyone else does the same thing. They take expensive vacations because that's the thing to do. And you come back from those vacations, and you show pictures to your friends, and you talk about all of the wonderful places that you stayed, all of the luxury that you experienced. And then they buy new clothes and shoes and jewelry so that they can keep up with other people. And more than that, so they can dazzle their friends, dazzle their neighbors. Each year, they spend more just to keep what they have. The homes increase, so the electricity bills increase. They're buying more homes, so mortgage payments increase. They have more stuff. They have to get that stuff insured, whether it's artwork or it's jewelry. Insurance premiums increase. Suddenly, we have more space and more stuff, so we hire cooks and drivers and maids. And all of this stuff that we have doesn't just consume physical resources. It also drains our mental energy. We start to worry about our new car. Is someone going to dent it or scratch it? We worry about a stain on our new couch. We put plastic over our furniture so nothing's going to destroy it. We scream at our kids and tell them not to ruin all these nice things and completely lose perspective about what's important. And then we start to worry. We worry about money, which we need just to support our lifestyle. We work harder and harder to pay our bills, to feed these fantasies that we have, frankly, to stay in place. And we feel perpetually exhausted. Now, this anxiety takes another toll. It's just this sense of dread that we have, that we're always under attack. And if we have a lifestyle which is draining us, that lifestyle, in a sense, is attacking us. It's very difficult to get away from that anxiety, so we try to escape. And often, we escape through self-destructive habits. We might eat too much or drink too much or self-medicate. Or we come back, we're completely worn down from the week, from all of the crazy things that have happened, all the stresses of work, all the stresses of keeping up with our neighbors, of sustaining this lifestyle that we've built. So we start watching TV. Or we spend our time scrolling through social media. Or we perpetually check our phones. Anything to get our mind and our attention off of the need to produce more and more and more. Anything to escape all this stress. And then we might try different things. So maybe it's not just self-destructive habits. We could try meditation or deep breathing. Positive thinking is very popular. Affirmations. We might tell ourselves, everything is going to be okay. Don't worry. It's all going to work out in the end. Or we might try to soothe our anxiety. We can dream of success. We can think that one day we're going to have it all. We'll have so much money, so much fame and fortune that everything will simply fall into place. And we try all these tricks, but unfortunately, none of them work very well. We still feel anxious. We still feel physically exhausted and mentally exhausted. And the reason we can't escape these feelings is that we have created an unsustainable lifestyle. A lifestyle that drains our money, kills our time, takes our vitality. It turns us into empty shells. And eventually, we have nothing to give. Our health suffers because we're worried, we're anxious. We can't rest. We can't sleep. We put on weight. We feel depressed and insecure. We don't have any time to spend with our loved ones. We don't have any time to simply enjoy life or appreciate the natural rhythm of what's happening around us because the energetic demands of our lifestyle are too much. Eventually, they consume us. And eventually, if we let them, They kill us. In order to change, we have to address the root cause of these problems. The fact that our lifestyle is unsustainable. The fact that our life requires more and more energy simply to stay in place. Investing in loss helps us correct this imbalance. It means that we identify very basic needs. What are the minimum conditions that we need for a joyful life and a vibrant life? And how can we meet these needs as efficiently as possible? What does one really need? Well, it's pretty simple. We can start biologically. We need food, shelter, and clothing. We need sex. And we need physical health. Some basic level of physical fitness that allows us to navigate our lives. And then we have psychological needs. We need a sense of security and stability. A sense that the rug isn't going to be pulled out from under us. We need to feel significant, that we're contributing to some greater purpose, that our life is worth something. And we need personal growth. Life is all about evolution, and we're the same way. We have to keep on developing and keep on advancing to feel content. With this in mind, think about different strategies to reduce the energy we need to spend to meet each of these needs. We can start with material possessions. That's really the easiest starting point. Do we really need a 10-bedroom mansion, a collection of cars? Do we need 50 pairs of shoes or 20 different handbags? Society tells us that we do. Our consumer-oriented culture tells us to buy, buy, buy. That's the definition of success. Keep on buying more and more and more to fulfill every single wish, every single fantasy. And we end up purchasing things that we don't need. Not only do we not need them, we hardly use them. And think about the cost of these things. We need to spend money to acquire them. We need to create space to store them. We need to expend time to organize them. Can we comfortably survive with less? If so, let's divest, or at least downsize. Another area to focus on is relationships. Relationships are fundamental to the human experience. We're a very social species, and relationships provide a lot of benefits. They provide sex, companionship, love, that sense of security that we've talked about. Yet often, they become toxic, and they turn from something that serves us to something that drains us. Half of all marriages lack intimacy. We live together, but we lead separate lives. We're spending all of this energy to sustain this arrangement, yet we're not getting any benefit out of it. We're no better off than if we lived apart. And if we start fighting with each other and bickering with each other, we're even worse off because that leads to anger. It exhausts us emotionally. Or think about relationships with friends or colleagues. Sometimes we spend too much time around negative people, people who are always complaining, people who feel that they are victims. And this is draining. We leave these interactions, we feel depressed. We feel like we want to lay down. We simply cannot continue these arrangements that consume more energy than they provide. So we have to fix these dynamics or we should cut our losses and quickly move on. Think about habits. Social media is a good example. In small doses, social media is great, it can help us connect with others. I've met people that I haven't talked to in 20 years because I found them on Facebook. And in limited doses, this makes sense. But if we spend too much time on Facebook or too much time on Instagram, we become catatonic. We're mindless. We're just flipping through an endless series of pictures, an endless stream of the meaningless details of other people's lives. And not only are we wasting time and wasting energy, we're developing a perpetual fear of missing out, which takes a big toll on our self-esteem. And finally, at the most subtle level, we should examine our narratives and our thought patterns. One of the biggest challenges that many of us face is that we tend to replay the past and worry about the future. Our mind is never in the present. It's always thinking about what we should have done, what we should have said, or it's worried about what's going to happen, whether uh, this person is going to call me back, whether I'm going to make enough money at the end of the year. And a certain amount of consideration of the past and the future does provide some benefit. If we look at the past and look at our mistakes, we can learn from those mistakes and do better next time. If we think about what could happen in the future, we can plan for that future and we'll be better prepared. So, again, just like social media, a certain amount of focus on the past and the future can help us. However, unless these ruminations lead to concrete action, they serve absolutely no purpose. We simply can't change the past nor can we control the future, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we think about these. So when we end up ruminating endlessly on the future and the past, again, we drain ourselves and we create a lot of anxiety. We need to start centering our minds and bring it back to the present. Once we can do that, we can let go of the future, let go of the past, and just focus on what's happening right now. Another narrative that many people have is that they're not good enough. We berate ourselves. We think, oh, I'm not smart enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not successful enough. And sometimes we're proud of these narratives. We look at these narratives as a badge of honor. We use them to push ourselves harder, to achieve more and more. We have to learn to step back and look at ourselves objectively and decide whether these narratives serve any purpose. On the one hand, an honest appraisal of ourselves. Can help correct our weaknesses. But if we develop a habit of constantly flogging ourselves, we're going to feel worthless. And even worse than that, it pushes us to work harder. And we end up exhausting ourselves, chasing pointless measures of success. One thing we've lost over is our psychological needs. We mentioned briefly the need for significance, the need for security. And sometimes we'll use material possessions. Or we'll use relationships or social media and status to satisfy these psychological needs. So we might go shopping because this makes us feel really good when we buy something new. And we feel beautiful when we're wearing it out. Or we'll spend time on social media to feel like we're connecting with other people and we're getting a lot of followers. And that means that we're important and our lives are significant. We're basically saying, look at how many nice things I have. Look at how many followers I have. Look at how important I am. And even though this sounds tempting, this is a trap. It is not going to help us. This line of thinking gives us a temporary high. It's like a drug. It's a quick fix, but it leaves us wanting more. Think about the long-term implications. If we spend our lives trying to impress other people, or we race from stimulus to stimulus, eventually we'll feel empty. You'll feel anxious and exhausted. Security comes from having conviction in yourself. Significance comes from a connection to the world, a connection to others, and a desire to serve. If we're always focusing on stimulation or external success markers, we're actually weakening ourselves. Once we start investing in loss, we clear out all of this junk, all of this mental baggage. We don't have to worry about bills that keep on piling up because our expense base is out of control, or worry about losing our job because we won't be able to afford our lifestyle, or hold on to past grievances because we think, my God, I'm so important. How do other people not see that? And this mental clarity creates the capacity to live in the present, to pay attention to the here and now, which will transform our life experience. The other benefit of investing in loss is that it frees up tremendous energy energy that we can take and redeploy more productively. We can direct this energy inwards. We can rest and use our energy to heal our minds and heal our bodies. We can spend more time with family. We can pursue new hobbies or develop new skills. And this touches on an important distinction between our biological needs and our psychological needs. Many of our biological needs, like food, clothing, and shelter, We can satisfy pretty quickly. But on the psychological side, our capacity to grow and to serve are unbounded. If we start channeling energy in this direction, we can more fully develop the higher aspects of ourself. So invest in loss. We must ruthlessly exterminate every activity, every relationship, every narrative that sucks our energy and provides nothing in exchange. If we don't, our lifestyle will literally kill us. It will grow to gargantuan size and eventually its energetic demands will destroy us. Develop the resolve to win this battle, to invest in loss. The quality of our lives truly depends on it. Thank you for joining us today. Please visit the Dispassionate Observer. Please join us at the Opt Out Movement. We can give you the support that you need to invest in loss, and live a more productive life. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Every five-star review allows us to share more unique and insightful content. Learn more at TheDispassionateObserver.com. Thanks for listening, and please tune in again next week. Peace.